Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches Podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person, so we'd love to have you gather with us 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Ukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into our message.
In one of the final conversations that Jesus had with his first followers, his first disciples, he said something really profound. And I want to share it with you. John was there and he's one of those first followers and he wrote it down. And here's what he wrote. Here's what Jesus said. I've told you these things, everything that we've talked about, everything that I've shared with you, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. And in this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. It's powerful and it's profound because Jesus makes a promise that has two layers to it. The first part of the promise is this, you're gonna face some problems. Like you're gonna face some things that might overwhelm you, that might scare you, that might cause you to have fear. You're gonna face some problems, you're gonna see some storms and know that that is coming. But the second part of this statement, this promise, is that you're gonna find that there is peace. There's peace that comes from the person of Jesus. He says, I'm gonna leave peace with you and I'm gonna leave peace in you. Like that's, that's profound and that's powerful. Like there is nothing that could come against you that God hasn't already defeated. Like there is no storm that's gonna be stronger than the peace that's inside of you. This is the promise of Jesus right before he goes to the cross for his first disciples. And this is the promise that he gives you and he gives me. And if there's one thing that the world needs now, it's peace, right? Like if you're just joining us for the very first time, we're in this conversation called What the World Needs Now. And my name is Mike, and I'm so glad that you're a part of the story that God is writing here at Active Church. And this idea of what the world needs now actually comes from the heart and the mind of a man named Paul. See, Paul was one of the most influential followers of Jesus. And he said, man, what the world needs now is the people of God filled with the spirit of God, telling the story of God to the world that God loves. See, when you and I trust in Jesus, there's this gift that we get from God himself. We get all of God in spirit, in us. And so we're not having to live life on our own. We're actually living life with the strength and the courage of the spirit of God in us. And here's what that story looks like. Here's what that story sounds like. Paul actually wrote it to men and women like you and me. He says the fruit of that story or the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. And he finishes by saying against such things, there is no law, which means that God doesn't need a law. The spirit of God doesn't need a document to know what is right and wrong. It naturally, he naturally knows. And then that's placed inside of you. That's the power and the courage that you have. And if there's one thing that stands out in that list of things that the spirit of God brings to you and to me and to the world around us, it's peace, right? Like what the world needs now, really what the world needs most is peace. Like a year ago, our rush for toilet paper is a reflection of the fact that we need some peace, right? And even just recently, our rush for gasoline is a reflection that we long for peace. We need some peace inside of us. Isaiah was a prophet in the nation of Israel generations before Jesus, and he noticed the behavior of the people and actually made this statement, the way of peace they do not know. And the truth is, is that Isaiah could take those words and place it in 2020 and 2021. Because what Isaiah saw is the very same things that we see today. Like there is so much hate and so much division and so much worry and so much struggle and so much fear and so much anxiety. And the question that I want us to wrestle with today is how do we combat that? How do we get peace? Let's talk about that together. 
because peace is what the world needs now. Peace is what the world needs most. And so what I want to do is I want to share two ways that we can get peace. And then I want to share two ways that we can live in peace. And it all starts with the person and work of Jesus, because Jesus said this to his first disciples and he says it to us. He says that peace is found in me because peace comes from the presence of God. Like he says, you may have peace. And I love that that word may is in there because he's saying that it's not something that is going to be demanded of you. It's something that you can actually say yes or no to. Like you may have peace. You can find peace if you come to me is what Jesus is saying here. And then he says, take heart, I've overcome the world, which means that with this peace, nothing can come against you and overcome you if Jesus is in you. Like nothing that you're going through, Jesus hasn't overcome already. This is the promise of Jesus. And it's the promise, not just for you and me, but it's the promise for everyone. It's the promise for the whole world. And I think that often, especially when we lack peace, I think that often we can miss the story that's happening in our world. And when we take a step back, maybe we zoom out and we don't get so focused on our little world, but we actually get focused on the bigger world. What we discover is something really fascinating. That one, Jesus wasn't an American. <laughs> now he does love, Americans, right? But not any more than he loves a Ugandan or an Iraqi or an Iranian or anyone else in this world. And here's the thing that a mentor said to me a long time ago when I first started getting into ministry. He said, Mike, Michael, he said, when you are a follower of Jesus, you will find that you'll have more in common with a Christian in Uganda than the non-religious person in America. And what happens when we actually discover the peace of Jesus in us and we start to give that peace away, we begin to understand that our primary citizenship, where we place our citizenship, isn't necessarily in just a physical country. Our primary citizenship is in the kingdom of God. Like our allegiance is to Jesus. He is the king of our heart. And when we trust and follow Jesus, what we're saying is, is I want to put him first. I want to prioritize him. And he says, when you do that, you will find peace. And here's the really awesome thing about what Jesus has said here. It's fascinating that he shares that you'll have peace because when he shares this, he's not sipping a drink and sitting on the beach in Hawaii or in Cabo and saying, oh, you can find peace. Just look, look at the sea and look at the waves. What he's saying is you can find peace. And he's saying this in a militarized zone. Like Rome was in charge at this time and they lived by the mantra Pax Romana, which means peace of Rome, which means you'll find peace by the way of Rome because they believed that they were going to bring peace, but their way of peace was not the way of Jesus. Their way of peace came with swords and with crosses. In fact, when Jesus was a young boy, there was a man named Judas of Galilee that led a revolt against Rome because he didn't like the taxes, right? Does that sound familiar? <laughs> and he didn't like the taxes that they were throwing down on the nation of Israel. And so he led a revolt. And you know what Rome did? They crucified him. Him and 2,000 other people threw him up on crosses. And then they did something brutal. They took the bodies down after they died. But you know what they did? They left the crosses up. And as you walked to the temple in Jerusalem, you would be reminded that Rome is saying to you, don't cross us. You want peace? Don't cross us. 
Because look at all these crosses. Jesus says, you may have peace in me in amongst all of this chaos that he's living in. It's why the men and women of Jerusalem prayed, God, would you save us? Would you, would you send us a savior? And they believed that a savior was coming because the prophet, I mentioned Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, he actually talked about this when he walked this earth generations before Jesus. Here's what he said. He said, for unto us, a child is born. For unto us, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And then he doesn't stop there. Listen to what he says next. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And then he, he ties it back to King David, David who fought Goliath, David, because there was a promise that the Messiah was going to come from David's family. And he says that all of this will happen and he will reign on the throne of David and will establish and uphold the kingdom of God with justice and with righteousness forever. And the zeal, which is passion, excitement, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, you may have heard this before. It's very familiar, right? Like you may have heard this scripture at Christmas time, whether you're a religious person or not, you may have heard these words of Isaiah, right? But Isaiah wasn't thinking about a Christmas tree or December 25th or a manger or sweet baby Jesus. What Isaiah was talking about and thinking about here was a Messiah, a savior, someone to come and rescue us, someone to come and bring us peace. And this resonated with the people because what they saw around them were different versions of people trying to bring peace that never brought peace. Like there was one group of people called the Zealots and they were people that believed that peace would come through violence. They would attack people that disagreed with them. They called themselves, get this, the freedom fighters. Do you know that Simon the Zealot was a disciple of Jesus? It's fascinating, isn't it? There was another group of people called the Essenes. They believed that peace would come if they just left, if they left everybody alone and they just kind of isolated. They believed that they were morally pure if they pulled away. They were morally elite. And they believed peace would come that way, for them at least. There was another group called the Pharisees. They believed that peace would come if they just withdrew from the people of the world and only spent time with religious people. And then there was another group called the Sadducees and they said peace would come through compromise. If we just did what Roman soldiers and Roman seizure, Caesars told us to do, then, then we'll, we'll have peace. This is how peace was brought during that time. And then Jesus shows up and Jesus flips the script. The first thing that Jesus said when he showed up as an adult and started loving and serving people at the age of 30 was recorded by Matthew, who knew Jesus really well and followed him. And Matthew says, the first words of Jesus were repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now I know that the word repent might actually carry some heavy connotation for some of you, if not all of you, because repent is always used as a way to condemn somebody. Like maybe we think of a megaphone or someone with a sign or telling us like, you got to repent or you're going to, you're going to go to hell or you're going to be in trouble. You're going to burn. Right. But the word repent actually means this. Hey, come home, return. Let's, let's be together again. Repent has reconciliation story to it. Repent has restoration story to it. 
And when Jesus comes and shows up, he says, repent. Like, you don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to withdraw anymore. You don't have to get violent anymore. You don't have to compromise anymore. Like, you can come home because the kingdom of God is here. And Jesus says, that's why I'm here. Luke, who knew Jesus and investigated the story of Jesus because he became a Christian, fell in love with Jesus, wrote down these words of Jesus where he says, I must proclaim the good news, the good news of God to not just this town, but all other towns, because that's why I'm here, because Jesus knew that he was going to share something that was hopeful for everybody. And listen, if the story of Jesus and the work of Jesus and the person of Jesus is not for everyone, then it's not for anyone. If it's not good news for everyone, then it's not good news for anyone. And that's why Jesus says, you're going to have problems. You're going to face some heavy things. And I want to leave peace in you. And when we talk about the kingdom of God, don't be confused about what that means. It's not an actual physical, like we're going to build statues and temples to God. The kingdom of God represents God's presence and his power. The kingdom of God represents God's reign and rule. The kingdom of God begins within you and me. Jesus said that. That's where it begins. And that's what the world needs now. And one of the characteristics of the kingdom of God is peace. And it's found in Jesus, a wonderful God, everlasting father, the prince of peace. And so the question that we have to wrestle with is how do we get peace is found in the answer, Jesus. Like we find peace in Jesus when we trust in Jesus, when we trust the king of the kingdom. Like we discover peace when we trust Jesus in everything and with everything. In everything and with everything. John Eldridge writes a book called Get Your Life Back. And he was struggling with a lack of peace. He was struggling with anxiety. He was struggling with fear. And he, he writes in the book, like he didn't know what to say to God about that. He didn't know what to say to anybody about that. And so he had a moment where he had these profound words that seem so simple and yet they are very profound. He said, I just, in those moments where I was feeling anxiety and fear, I just got on my knees, I lifted my hands and I said to God, God, I give you everything and everyone, <laughs> amen. <laughs> and he said, it was such a freeing prayer because I didn't know what to say to God. And I didn't know how to face these moments where I was feeling very fearful and facing these problems and issues. And he said, so I just said, God, I give you everything and I give you everyone. And it actually relieved his anxiety, his fear, because peace is found through surrender. He surrendered to the king. He surrendered to Jesus. He trusted in Jesus. Listen, between you and I, all right, friend to friend, I really believe that you and I, we lack peace for a few reasons. And I just want to be honest about that. And I know that these things may not necessarily relate to you, all of them, but there might be some that might hit you because I know that it is a reflection of some of the things that happen inside of me. But I think we lack peace for a few reasons. One, I think we lack peace because we want the kingdom, just not the king, right? Like we want the benefits of the kingdom, forgiveness and freedom and love and grace, but we don't want the rule and the reign of the king. His name is Jesus. Like we want to do what we want to do. We want these benefits of the kingdom. We just don't want to have to surrender to the king, but you can't find peace without him. Like, let's get really, really practical. Like we want financial peace, don't we? I mean, somebody say amen, right? We want financial peace. We just don't want the biblical way of generosity. Like, don't talk about tithe or offering or giving or connecting our hearts to our hands, but I want financial peace. 
But the way that you find that is what Jesus has brought to you and I through his work and his person. And it's found in the scriptures. Like we want peace in our marriage, right? Or peace in our relationships, right? We just don't want to serve each other. We want them to serve us. Or maybe you want peace in you. Like you want inner peace, but you're not willing to give up your private world. This is why we struggle with peace. Like we have no way of giving away peace if we first don't realize that we need peace. Like what the world needs now is the people of God to recognize they need peace so they can give it away. And what you'll discover in Jesus is that he is someone that you can trust everything to. Like, isn't it interesting that we trust him with eternity? Like when we take our last breath here, we take our first breath with him in heaven but we don't trust him with those little things like those moments where we're struggling financially or in our marriage or in our relationship or in our private world. Like Jesus, Jesus is, Jesus is fantastic. Jesus is a wonderful savior and a terrible traitor. And here's what I mean by that. Like you give sorrows to Jesus and he gives you joy. You give fears to Jesus and he gives you courage. You give bitterness to Jesus and he gives you grace. You give worries to Jesus and he gives you peace. Like Jesus is a terrible trader. Like if you got Pokemon cards, trade with Jesus. You got baseball cards, trade with Jesus, right? He is a wonderful savior and a terrible trader. He takes the things that cause you to not have peace so that you may have peace. He gives you peace. He says, cast all your cares on me for I, I care for you. And I, I shared those, those four groups that tried to bring peace through violence and compromise and all of those things. I shared those with you, not to give you a history lesson. I shared those with you because maybe the names of those groups aren't alive today, but the actions and the values and the perspectives are, right? Like a lot of us believe that peace will come when we attack. We gotta fight, right? We gotta stand up, gotta have a backbone. We believe peace will come if we attack. We believe peace will come if we isolate. We just stay away from everybody. I'm just gonna get some peace and quiet and I'm gonna stay away from everybody. We believe that peace will come when we withdraw and we surround ourselves with only our people. Or we believe that peace will come when we compromise and we live for the approval of others. But listen to the words of Jesus. He says, peace will not come in any of those ways. Peace comes from Jesus. And he leaves it with you and he leaves it in you. And so let's talk about those two ways that you can actually experience peace. First, the first way is with Jesus, we find peace with God. Have you ever had to clarify the relationship with the person that you are romantically involved with or the person that you're a friend with or maybe your boss or your, your employee? Like you felt some tension and so you had to have like a clarity conversation like, hey, are we okay? Is everything okay? Like those, those conversations are hard, right? Those conversations are uncomfortable. And, and listen, relationships are difficult. But when we're unsure of where we stand with one another, that's what makes them complicated. And when we allow sin, when we allow our brokenness, when we allow our choices, our way and our kingdom to get in the way of what Jesus wants to do in us, that's when our relationships with God become complicated because we start to question what God thinks about us, how he feels about us and how he sees us, right? And that's why Jesus showed up to communicate and demonstrate what God is like and how God sees us and how God feels about us. One writer, his name was Paul, he writes this, therefore, since Jesus showed up, since we've been justified through faith, we have a peace with God through Jesus Christ. 
That word justified is a big, like, religious, churchy word. Here's what it means. You've been made right. Like, you've been brought back to God's side. Again, because you wandered away. You walked away. You turned your head. And that's what Jesus has done. He's brought us back. It's why he calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. This wasn't a knock on other belief systems. It was just the truth that you won't find peace anywhere else. You won't find God anywhere else. God can only be found in the person and work of Jesus. And peace is found in who God is and God's presence and God's power. And that's why Jesus came. And he came to communicate to you and me where we stand with God. You never have to question where you stand with God because Jesus has come and announced that on the biggest stage of all, on the cross and through the resurrection. And that's how you can get peace from God. This is why Jesus says that you should trust. Trust like a child trusts his father or his mother. Jesus actually said that the kingdom of God belongs to the children, right? And he's not saying that because we're naive. He's saying that because we're trusting. Like, like for an example, my kids they don't worry about the mortgage payment. In fact, they don't even know what the mortgage payment is at our house. You wanna know why? Because they trust that the house is gonna be there the next day and that mom and dad have taken care of it. It's available to them. My kids don't worry about the water bill and they prove it every time they take their showers at night, right? They don't worry about the water bill. They just know that the water is gonna be available because mom and dad took care of it. My kids don't worry about the electric bill. They prove it every time they leave stuff on. By the way, dads, you know when you become an official dad, when you start walking through the house going, who left these lights on? My dad used to do that growing up and it drove me nuts. Guess what? I do it now. I'll go through, shut off stuff. What are you guys doing? You don't pay the bill, right? No, the truth is they don't pay the bill. They know it's gonna be available because mom and dad took care of it. When they log on to the Wi-Fi, they're logging on knowing that it's going to be available. And if it's not available, they would question because it's always available because we've taken care of it. That's what the writer is telling us here. That's what Jesus wants us to know. Like where you stand with God has been taken care of because of Jesus. And this, this is powerful because it's not something that we can achieve. It's something we receive. Like righteousness is something we receive. Reconciliation is something we receive. Restoration is something we receive. It's not something that we achieve on our own. And peace with God doesn't come from a move that you've made in life. But it comes from God moving on your behalf to give you life. And it's in Jesus that we can have peace with God. We can know where we stand with God. And because of Jesus, the second thing that we can have in peace is with Jesus, we can find peace from God. The word peace in the Hebrew language is shalom. It's a greeting. It's, it's peace over you. The word literally means wholeness. Jesus talked about this with his first disciples in that same conversation where he was talking about like, you'll have problems and you'll have peace. He, he said these words, peace I leave with you my peace I give to you. I don't give you as the world gives, not through violence or compromise, but I give you peace through my sacrifice. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And what was great is these first disciples could recognize what peace looks like and sounds like. And we can too, as we read the stories of Jesus, like Jesus was saying this, Hey, remember that storm on the sea when I woke up and, and I said, Hey, peace be still and the, and the storm stopped. Like you can have that peace. 
Hey, remember when the people who were sick needed healing and I stopped and I, I, I knelt down and I saw them and I, and I said, you are healed, now go in peace. Like you can have that peace. Hey, remember when people were hungry and we had five loaves and two fish and we broke it and we prayed and we, we, we spread it out and they were full, like, like you can have that peace. Hey, remember when I was betrayed by Judas and before I was betrayed by Ju- Judas, knowing that he was gonna do that, remember when I washed his feet? Like you can have that peace kind of peace with your enemies. I'm giving that to you. I'm leaving that with you. To give you a modern day example, Bill, Bill Miller, is an incredible activator at Active Church. Bill's a great friend, a longtime friend. And Bill was diagnosed with cancer not too long ago. Cancer's terrible, right? We all hate cancer. Bill was diagnosed with cancer and he's gone through chemo and has had to suffer through all of that. And after talking with Bill, my, my hope grew. I saw peace because Bill is a man of peace. He said to me one day as we were talking at our active Church Ukaipa location, he said, Michael, my God is greater than my health. My God is greater than what I'm going through. And it's not that things aren't hard or heavy. It's just that God is stronger. And listen, peace isn't denying reality. Peace is acknowledging the reality of a relationship with God. So, do you need some peace? Need peace today? Peace is found in Jesus. You can get peace with God and from God. But let's talk about how you can live in peace. I want to give you two things to do. The first is this. Admit where you are. Like peace comes when you acknowledge that this is hard and heavy and difficult. I'm not in a good place. It's why Jesus says, come to me, all who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest, I will give you peace. In fact, he invites us to let his peace rule your hearts. You know the word rule in that Greek language gets translated into our language as referee? Like what does a referee do? If you're not a sports person, maybe you don't know. But like a referee, When they blow the whistle, everything stops. And what Jesus is inviting us to do is like in those moments when we need peace, we admit to where we are, we stop. And listen, I know it's hard because we like to hustle, we like to move, we like to accomplish things, we like to live in purpose, we like to have goals, but there are moments that are needed where you and I need to stop and let the peace of God through Jesus Christ referee our hearts. I mentioned Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. He had something really profound to say about this. He said, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. So come home. Let the peace of Christ referee your hearts, cause you to stop. Our lack of peace happens when we fight battles that aren't ours, when we run from things that we don't need to run from, when we live for the approval of others. Like you gotta let the peace of Christ referee your heart and not carry around the things that God should carry for you. Admit to where you are if you wanna live in peace. And then the second thing, adjust where you're going. 
Like look at where you're going and adjust that. Begin to listen and learn and lean in. Listen to Jesus, listen to the people of Jesus, worship Jesus, worship with the people of Jesus, show up to church, watch online, listen to the podcast, prioritize these moments because it's in these moments that we will find life, that we will find joy, that we will find love, friends, that we will find what the world needs now and that's peace. And I wanna invite you to admit to where you are and adjust where you're going because that's how you can live in peace. In fact, I wanna finish our time with a prayer of peace. I wanna invite you to, to simply this week, today, pray these words that John Eldridge prayed in his book, Get Your Life Back, where he just said in those moments of anxiety and fear, I said, Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you. I give everything and everyone to you. And if the peace of Christ is what you want and you wanna give that away, then I wanna invite you to go public with your faith. In just a few weeks at Active on June 20th, we're celebrating baptisms here at Active Church Ukaipa. And I wanna invite you to consider getting baptized by texting baptism to the number on the screen. Because that is an announcement that you are choosing peace over problems, that you are admitting where you are and you're adjusting where you're going. It's not about your perfection, it's about God's peace and sending you in a new direction. And so friends, can we just pray that together as we finish our time? That prayer that John Eldridge wrote for us. Can we pray these words together? Jesus, I give you everything and everyone. Jesus, I give everything and everyone to you. Jesus, we give you everything and we give you everyone. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that message on peace. I love what he said. I love what he said that until until it, we have the peace of Jesus in our hearts, until we have the peace of Jesus in our inner world, we're never going to experience that in our outer world. And there's a lot of conversation we can have on that. And my hope and my prayer and our church's hope and prayer is that helped you have one more conversation with a friend. Maybe that helped you consider a new thought. Maybe that even helped you take one more step closer to the story that God has for your life. And if you have a better story, we want to hear those better stories. We love telling better stories, collecting better stories. Let us know in the comments or you can send us a message on social media. And we'd love in some way just to celebrate you and what God is doing in your life, especially through these messages. Hey, at the beginning of our service today, I said that we had a special friend that was going to share about a new partner that we are uh, that we have here at Active Church. We take partnerships so seriously around here because um, God took partnership really seriously and he partnered with us and he said, you guys are responsible now for, for shaping and changing this world. And he poured into us everything that we need. Here at Active Church, we partner with people so strategically who are telling better stories in our community. We are so excited to announce that we have a brand new partner called Youth Hope. And today we have Corinne Scott, who's gonna be sharing a little bit about what Youth Hope does and where Youth Hope is going. So if you would join me, let's give her a round of applause. Welcome, Corinne, to the post show. Hi, What's up, Corinne? Hi. How you doing? Thank you. Yeah. And so, Corinne, yeah, it's, it, is, it is the best mic. Actually, this one is, but you know, that's whatever. all. Whatever. We're not going to get into this right now. We got a part, new partner here. Come on. <laughs> hey, Corinne, um, I'm so excited to be partnering with Youth Hope. 
Me too. I'm I, excited to be partnering with you guys. I, I'm I love what you guys do. But for those who don't know, can you tell us what Youth Hope does and why Youth Hope exists? Yeah, so Youth Hope was started in 2009. Um, it's a certified 503C nonprofit, and we help youth ages 14 to 24. But it's a very big-ish because um, we help youth that are 10, 12 years old. We also help youth, you could say youth, but you know, young adults who are 26, 28 oh, wow. as well. So um, it's not just limited to 14, 24 year olds. I mean, it was started by Heidi Mayer, my executive director, and I started working there actually um, about a year ago. And um, so I just feel very fortunate to be part of the mission that Youth Hope is doing awesome. in Redlands and the surrounding areas. Yeah. Um, and we aren't just there to provide services. We are promoting confidence. We're promoting self-sufficiency. And we're really helping youth exit street life. Yeah. So Wow. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. You said that you're there to help them. You're to provide services. Mm -hmm. What kind of services do you guys provide? What kind of things do you guys do in the community? So we have four core programs. We have our education and job training. So if youth need tutoring, um, if they want to do resumes, if they want to get a food handler's card, if they want to search for jobs, mm -hmm. we are there to help them with that. Mm -hmm. We also have a housing program, so youth who are in street life or in or, or are in unsafe environments, we're mm -hmm. there to um, find housing for them as well as our own program, mm -hmm. which is a boys in a girl's house. Wow. Yeah, we also have, I'm, it's a very touching part yeah. of my life. I'm also the RA of the girl's house. No way. So it's, yeah, that's close to my heart. Really? So, I didn't yes. know that, that's uh -huh. incredible. Yeah, and um, we also have a medical and counseling branch. So um, if youth need help getting glasses, they need doctor's oh, wow. appointments, they need mm -hmm. counseling to help them through it, um, things, we are there to help them with all of that. And then finally we have a food and clothing closet. So when our youth come to our building, we have a clothing and a clothing closet and a food pantry. And they're allowed to take anything from there. They don't have to ask. Then literally youth will show up and they will fill up backpacks. So you don't only provide them with supplies and food that they need. You're like a launching pad to get them started. Absolutely. Into adulthood. Yes. Adulthood. That's awesome. uh -huh. and, and to successfully exit street life as confident adults. And when our youth come to our building, they're not just needing these services. They yeah. are wanting hugs. They're wanting mm. love. A lot of them won't leave until we say goodbye mm, yeah. and give them a hug. It's not about leave. what they're getting. It's like the emotional side of it. Oh, we often don't 100%. think about it. And you mm -hmm. said students who are exiting street life. Is that is that a common thing? Yes, it actually, you'd be surprised. Most mm -hmm. students who um, are homeless, you wouldn't know mm -hmm. because they still have to go to school. They are yeah. still doing these different things. Mm -hmm. um, and they imagine don't, how hard that would be. They don't want their peers to know. Wow. So it's um, it's something that you have to build a relationship with the youth in order yeah. to be able to know where they come from. Yeah. And that's probably the most important thing about what we do is building relationships so that we can be there because it's not until they open up and they really let you in that you can help them. Wow. Mm -hmm. You got any stories of any, any students that you can share? Yeah. Um, so... Uh, this last year was a little interesting because of COVID. We yeah. had to kind of shift so what we were interesting. doing. That's the best word <laughs> to describe this year. This year was interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> um, and so we had to shift what we were doing. We weren't allowed to have youth in our physical drop-in center on the corner of Redlands Boulevard in Tennessee anymore. Um, we had to decide and took a lot of thought. Heidi put a lot of thought into this. Um, we got to go to where our kids are at. Mm. And so we started going to the skate park um, in summer and we started going Monday through Thursday, twice a day in um, Sylvan Park Skate Park. And um, we realized quickly once we got there that we can't leave. Mm. And so, because once you 
once you nourish an area, like a gardener, right? Mm -hmm. Nourishing the ground, you can't just abandon what you started planting. Yeah. And so um, we're there and we are there Monday through Thursday, wow. um, two times a day. Our kids expect us to be there. Uh -huh. um, we bring food, we bring shoes. Um, and along, kind of along with yeah. COVID, we started seeing seven and eight year olds showing up oh, to our building on good. skateboards and scooters because yeah, really. parents had to they had to go to work yeah. so kids are kind of left to just kind of fend for themselves and wow. so um yeah and okay. recently we've seen a lot of our youth now that we can have youth back in our building we've yeah. seen a lot of our young men so 15 16 year olds want jobs so badly really yes these last two weeks i think we've helped probably over 10 youth just be able to get resumes awesome. and get into interviews that's so awesome. and one of them just got a job at mcdonald's yeah, um, that's awesome. <laughs> another youth just asked heidi to come to his graduation and oh. called her mom. Oh my so, and that's that's very touching. So, we are developing relationships. We are building those bonds. Do you guys still have people that like contact you now that they're you know adults mm -hmm. and they have their own families mm -hmm. and stuff like that? That's yeah, awesome. we do. Yeah, so we have youth who are well into their thirties that now have families mm -hmm. and they have jobs. Um, they still look at Heidi like a mom. Wow. They come back to see Heidi all the time and they talk to them talk to her about how they are moving on in life and so for me just being the director of fundraising it's been really cool just to be a fly on the wall and to also uh, initially but now that i'm really involved and i work with our youth um it's been amazing to just watch them grow wow. and so yeah it's, it's a, incredible and we're super thankful to active church yeah. for just partnering with us well so. we want to overwhelm uh youth hope with generosity today active church so we're gonna do a couple things all right first thing is for uh every dollar you give over and above what you normally give we're gonna be giving that to youth hope in a dollar club moment we usually surprise you with a dollar club moment no let's let's just do this together anything over and above what you normally give that's gonna be going um, to Youth Hope as we tell better stories with them. Second thing is, um, for every share that we receive on the live stream today, we're gonna be giving $5 to Youth Hope. For every, I remember I said at the beginning, sharing is caring, hit that share button right now. It's not too late, whether you're watching on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah. hit that share button now, because every every share, we're gonna be giving $5 to this awesome organization that is changing youth's, uh, youth's life. And not just life, they're changing their future, changing yeah. their trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. And even the kids who haven't been born yet, like they're gonna have stronger fathers, stronger mothers because of what you guys are doing, Karen. Yeah. And we're just honored to be a part of this in some way. So Active Church, let's just respond in a big way. Pull your let's phone out in church. Do it right now. <laughs> it's okay. Literally, yeah. let's do it right now. Active Church, we love this partner so much. Let's do something big today. Corinne, thank you so much for coming. Thank let's you. give her a round of applause, everybody. Thank you. Crushed it, crushed it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, man. Woo. That's a great story. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that our community gets to partner with life-changing organizations like this. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Hey, I want to ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I want to invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to at Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.